This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Talk Daytime. Uh, Tonight we have Jen Bishop here, who most of you know from... Well, she blogs, but most of you know her from TV Source. Now she has her own blog called uh, Diagnostic Daytime. And we are going to talk all things soaps because a lot has been going on. As most of you know, I'm sure you know you keep up like I do. Um, Kathy and Jen are both here. I'm not feeling good, so I apologize for the sniffling and the sickness, but I'm here. So we're going to do this. So let's get started. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Yeah, you're always welcome on the show. Thank you. We're glad you still come back. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed chatting with you. Okay, so let's just get right into all this. Let's start. You know what? Y'all decide where we start, and we'll just go from there. What do you want to talk about most? Um. Well, I'm only watching General Hospital, so we can start there, I guess. Um, sweeps has been a little different. <laughs> um, I'm well, not quite I'll sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I have to say, like, um, it was really exciting when Seaburn first returned, and we had kind of the patient sick stuff and everything like that. And I knew that he was going to be Jason. I think everybody knew that. Um, he was not coming back to not be Jason. So the whole reveal thing was just kind of, for me, was just, Play. okay, that's how let's jump into the, the fallout, and the fallout's going to be awesome. Um, I've been disappointed in the fallout. I feel like um, what they've kind of started doing this week and last week, um, some of those beats they've started to just start playing or stuff that probably should have happened a month or so ago. It just kind of felt like, you know, they revealed them and then they had everything just kind of stall. And, um, you know, there's definitely a pacing issue. And when you do that, then people start to stop caring um, or they build up how they want it to be in their minds and then it doesn't turn out that way. So I just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of some poor planning there. I'm not sure why they chose that route if they thought, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll drag it out and that'll build up suspense or if they, we need this to happen at they this failed. time. We'll tread water with this now, but yeah, there's, you know, they um, introduced the thing with uh, Drew and Franco quite some time ago. I think that was actually in August or something, if I'm remembering right. But we still don't know what exactly happened. And it's like every time we saw Franco, he was just, you know, people were interpreting that painting over and over again. And a lot of the same repetitive yeah. stuff. And now they're still starting to get into it. Yeah. And the three-year-old thing's stupid. And that's the whole thing is people, you know, you have mothers watching and they know three-year-olds push each other downstairs all the time. So for us, it's not that big a deal. But if you're going to introduce something like that, 
you know, you hit the ground running with it right away. So you spending whole months saying this is stupid, this is stupid. You switch it up and you get moving with it fast. And so I feel like it's really story that way by not playing that. And then with the the triangle of Jason and Sam and Drew, um, that is really kind of moving very slow. And I'm, I wish that Sam had more of a point of view in it because I don't really understand what she's, her choices are. It feels like um, I have to interpret a lot myself and I'm not actually seeing it on screen. It feels like it's all up to the men, but that could go back to who's in charge of writing all of that. Who's in charge of, you know. Uh, but it's, yeah, just like it's all up to the men, and she's the pawn, and I don't like that either. And it's moving slow because let's be real. First of all, let me address this thing with Franco. Um, I'm so tired of that story. Every time he's on, he's all he thinks about is that, and it's ridiculous. I'm over it. It's dumb. So he pushed his brother down the steps. Big freaking deal. The brother lives. Move along. The thing with mm-hmm. Sam and Drew and Jason is so dumb. She and Drew are so happy and cute and annoying and like, ugh. We all know Sam's going to go calling back to Jason because that's just how it's going to be. Like, we, you know, you see that when you see him come back. It's kind of inevitable, I think. And it's all about the men and how the men feel instead of us seeing how she feels and, like, actually seeing her agonizing over this decision. She, like, jumps into this quickie wedding with Drew, and now we only see their dynamic and their emotion. We don't see hardly anything between her and Jason. When in reality, we all know it's going to turn into this, like, triangle thing and then, like, her being torn but we don't see any of her feelings or her emotion. We just see what the men think, and it's, like, all up to them. I don't like it. They need to I don't mean, Yeah, I mean, I feel like they had a really good opportunity here to give Sam some very good story. Because I can't remember if Sam's been in the middle of a triangle and had her, her heart torn before. I know she's had to fight other women for men constantly. And so this, for me, was like, okay, this is going to be something new for her. And it's not about her. And they wasted so much time with having, oh, wait, I forgot I'm married to Jason. I mean, that was like months into Owen Ellison that dawned on her that her and Jason. Yeah, that should have been been early. And the rush divorce and rush remarried, to me it feels like the writers have something planned where, like, maybe they want Jason and Sam to be the ones having the affair, and then they're like, oops, I forgot they're married already. So fix that really quick and waste a bunch of time fixing that instead of writing for what we already have, you know, happening. Yeah, so. I didn't. Sorry, she's been married like five thousand times to these same two guys. It seems like, and that wedding was really odd. It was very quick and very rushed and very hurried, and it happened in like five minutes. Suddenly, we're having a wedding. She got quick, ready quicker than any bride I've ever seen, and then. We have, like, this suit. Because I was thinking that Jason was going to interrupt this wedding. And it turned out he was there, but he didn't interrupt. Like, first of all, that's the most anticlimactic thing ever. And then, now, it's just, like, they're all campy and happy living to, like, they're a couple. And then he's, like, the third wheel of the group, you know, hanging out and giving them information. It's boring. And it's, like, uncharacteristic of all of the people involved. I don't understand. Well, when I what what you've got there is a is a classic example though of what happens when you're writing plot arcs that finish but you don't have any long term plans for what you want to do oh, yeah. with it and that's yeah. been indicative of writing on that show for probably about five, well 
Ron had a little bit better with the umbrella stuff, but ever since he's been gone, it's been short-term plot arcs that end, and then it's like you're floating, and so what, for like the next two or three weeks until something else comes along, and it's just... You're right, so right about the men-centric slant in this show. You know, when's the last time a woman actually saved the day or did something empowering for herself? Or anything like it's all about how these men have to save everybody, and it's just, oh, it it's gross. It is. I feel you. And like I'm hanging on for dear life because this is my show. So even when it pisses me off, I still watch it. As much as I hate that, I still watch it even though it great, brings me great anger sometimes. And I just, okay, part of it is that I watch it to see what how bad it happens because I'm like, i got to see this so I can talk about it later on Twitter with all of our followers and stuff. But part of me, it's like you can't, it's train wreck, you can't look away. I have a problem with the fact that it's all about the moon again. Like, why? No one cares. I don't care about, okay, this is a new topic, but I don't care about the fact that Sonny's dad's gambling again or whatever. Who cares? I don't care. I really don't. And then, just, like, we see way too much Sunny, first of all. And I like Sunny, and I like Carly, and we see too much of them. We see them, like, every day. I'm so tired of Sunny and Sunny's problems. Like, I don't care that his dad and his dad's girlfriend are gambling. I really don't. I don't care that his dad, like, supposedly stole $10,000, but secretly someone's hid it there. Like, who cares? Who framed his dad? His dad's irrelevant. I don't care. Like, it's stupid. And then, you know, the whole, like, Maurice Bernard wants to go on Twitter thing and say, oh, it's not the number of episodes, it's the amount of time in an episode that counts. Like, you're not helping. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it is the number of episodes when we're on our TV every single day on a show that's supposed to be for women. Like, I know that could be, like, I mean, that may sound sexist, but it is. It's supposed to be for women. It's, you know, a genre created for women, and all we see is men. And they're dominating it again, and I don't like it. Well, so, I think that's that, my two like, on that. Yeah. General Hospital, I think, um, as, as far as the four remaining soaps go, has more um, male viewers than the other soaps do, typically. And so, I mean, I, I do see the value in appealing to them and their broader audience, but I can't see, I don't, I think men are, are better than they're giving them credit for the male viewers. I don't think the men viewers want to see gorgeous women being mistreated. I don't think they want to see the same guys winning all the time. I don't think they want to see um, the bad guys as good guys. I mean, so, yeah, I just, they're not, I feel like they're not quite grasping the intelligence of the audience a bit there. Um, And, I mean, I I do love this show, and there's definitely things I enjoy watching on it. I feel like it has a lot of great moments. It has a wonderful cast. Um, I mean, some of my favorite actors are on it and stuff. But it yeah. just feels like they're working on those overall stories and how they're depicting some of the characters. I think the simple fact of the matter is the simple fact of the matter is is that you can do whatever you want with it. You can have the best cast in the world. You can have the best uh, I don't the prettiest people in the world. You can have the most compelling looking facial features of anyone in the world. But if you don't have a good story, a good characterization, or something that makes you root for what it is that you're watching, then it's you might as well not even be out there. Because if you can't, you know, men, women, black, purple, white, 
orange, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you can't, if you don't have a good story to start with, then you have nothing. Um, you know, you don't need a lot of money to tell a good story. You don't need a lot of uh, Academy Award winning actors to tell a good story. You've got to have that first at your base. And I, I think that they, I think it seems to have gotten better. I think Chris Van Etten's kind of brought at least some excitement back to the from what I've seen from people. And again, I'm not watching, but from what I've been following along, it seems like people are a little bit more excited about some of the stories these days. But if you don't have compelling story and you don't have compelling characterization, then you might as well not even been doing it because no matter what you are, no matter who you are, the first thing that people care about when you're watching fiction is a good story. No, I agree. Yeah. I also think... Go ahead. Oh, I'm, I was just agreeing with her. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't have a problem with men. I don't have a problem seeing men. I have a problem with the fact that it's like the writer of, you know, the people in charge. I don't want to blame it all on the writers because there's many in charge. I think it goes back to like maybe some poor management skills because it's like they have ADHD where they go in this direction and then this one and then this one and nothing ever is finished, so to speak. And so instead of getting like full, like, you know, fulfilled stories that actually go somewhere long term, it's like this constant game of like cops and robbers and it's, it's old and it's boring. And I love this show so much. I've been watching this show for like six years. I I love this show fundamentally. I love the people involved. I love everyone there. There are some people in the networks that I think are fantastic that I've had like the pleasure of knowing through like the radio show. That being said, that the fact that I love all the people involved and I love the show as a whole does not excuse like making a mess of it at all. Like that is just inexcusable. Like it's a legacy. You can't screw it up. Well, I mean you can clearly, but you know. There are things that are going great, but you can't trash legacy characters. You cannot trash decent stories that were once decent. I just feel like they must think I'm so bad, okay? And speaking of trashing legacy characters, why don't we just talk about Anna having a child (laughs) by Faison? Because that is complete BS, and she would have never. I thought when they, okay, so when they brought that idea about, I'm thinking that she was raped, and, like, that would be a compelling story, possibly, from her point of view, just because Manola's great, and, you know, it would make sense after all the things he's done. But no, turns out, this was a consensual, you'll have to correct me if I was uh, Jen, if I'm wrong, but this was consensual. This was, like, they decided to have sex and had a kid. No, no I it was entirely consensual, because he's drunk, right? Wasn't he yeah. drunk? Oh, yeah, so that's, that's right. consensual. I think she was no. disguised, but oh. I think he remembered. Yeah, wasn't so, he yeah. disguised, too, so he didn't remember or know that he actually slept with her, right? Yeah, I mean, no, it's, I it's, pretty, that. it's pretty it's disgusting trashy. and pretty great. It is, it's, it's as it, bad yeah, as, I mean, as, as bad as Duda Emma with the sex swing. Like, mm-hmm. we've trashed her again. Well, setting aside the fact that, first of all, Anna would never, would never, ever, ever, ever. If it were the other way around, I could totally buy that story. But if it were the other way around, it would be a great, compelling story. And and then, I mean, basically you have a legacy character who has always been a badass. First of all, (laughs) can, can we talk about the fact that she was... she was basically emasculated within her own story because Sunny had to save the day? Again, yeah. right? 
I mean, and then, and then, you know, somebody who had absolutely no business being involved up in a story about Anna was up in a story about Anna because, you know, we've got to have them everywhere because, oh, my God, whatever. Um, but then, but then you but have on top contract, of that, though. you know, basically this character who is so beloved raping someone. Now, granted, he's a he's supposed to be a despicable villain, and you know, but that doesn't change the fact that that would never, within the characterization of Anna, that would never have happened. And so, you've tarnished this character, you know, like so many other legacy characters have. Anna always seemed to have that lack of stigma, except for that one weird time they were trying to hook her up with Luke. Ooh, but she you know, that I mean. I mean, but but it just I, I don't. Uh, it, this is not it a way to bring viewers. No, this is it not a way to bring in a time. In a, in this day and age, in a time of female empowerment, in like with everything going on, and then they turn one of these female heroes, heroines, excuse me, into a rapist. I just I am I was appalled and shocked, and I um no, veto. I do not approve. I don't know who was drinking what when they wrote that, but they need to, whoever wrote it needs to be gone. I don't care who wrote it. I don't care whose idea it was. If it was your idea or you wrote it, you're out of here. Like, that should just be, like, like no, I, I can't with that. That's like Luke, a lot of people are comparing it to the Luke and Holly thing, which, yeah, that was trash too, uh, 100%. And also, somebody said that, uh, or somebody was like, this is just, people are only upset. Like, this is a great story. People are only pissed because now it, it proves that where it it like goes back on the fact that Anna was like a virgin when she was with Robert and like Robert and Anna fans are upset. No, how about the fact that we've just trashed a character? It has nothing to do with Robert and Anna fans. Like, um, it has everything to do with the fact that we've trashed a character. Like, well, I mean, I kind of, um, I mean, a lot of people. It, it seems like Peter August is the baby too, and so yeah. the whole thing. That's kind of not settling well for I think a lot of people is that this is um, basically connecting with character that people really don't like. <laughs> you know, who's this new character? Who, uh, who is only employed because his girlfriend's Laura Wright? Let's be real. We're gonna say it. Let's say it all. Yeah, um, you know that that that's kind of why this is being done. They kind of have that feeling and. I mean, there might be a twist because the way the story is, things don't seem to be quite adding up for me. So yeah, there might be a red And maybe there's a yeah, twist. Yeah, Valentine said it was a girl. He did, and, it, and it's kind of like, is, it a really, is the baby really a girl, or is he just saying that to throw Anne off? Well, because then he yeah. got on the phone with Peter, so people aren't sure. Because a lot of people are, like, thinking that it's going to have to do with Robin, which... I don't think that they're that stupid and tone deaf, but sitting in. And then a lot of people think that it is Peter. But, like, Valentine, why, what, like, incentive does Valentine have to this? And I don't understand. I don't understand why this has been made into a story. I think it's ridiculous. And they're trying to make a character that is completely irrelevant relevant by making him Anna's kid, and that's just not how it works. There's nothing, in my opinion, compelling about this character of Peter, even if he is Anna's kid. Because, like, we all know, and it's been, like, said forever and ever, if Anna has some long-lost kid, it should be Duke's kid. Like, it's ridiculous that, like, 
and uh, like has kids coming out of the woodwork, but none of them are like Duke's kid. And I'm not even a Duke Santa fan, but I feel where they're coming from. Like she has kids coming out of everywhere, basically, and they write all these wrongs, or they think they they're writing all these wrongs except for that one, and that's the biggest one that if they had to do it, it should have been his kid. Yeah. Well, the thing about the Pierre August character too, and I I feel kind of mean saying this, so I was rambly. Ramsey is a very nice looking guy. He seems like a really sweet guy. Oh, he, he is, is a good good actor, but I feel like he's very miscast in this role. Um, this role should be very mysterious, seductive, you know, in a dangerous and type not. of role. And it, no, he's not. I mean, like his interaction with Lulu, some of his dialogue is stuff that should be pretty sexy sounding, and it's not coming off that way. It so I feel like good. Good. It's, it's just kind of like, like a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like uh, with the character of Valentine, who has basically been turned into a good guy, although that might be changing with the way this story is going. Um, like James Patrick Stewart, he's able to be really like, you know, come off very good guy and, and noble, and then all of a sudden you see that smear, or that look in his eye. And that's kind of what I feel like is really missing from the character of Peter August is we're just getting kind of this very one-dimensional. Yeah, we're not he's getting di- that. Yeah, he's diet villain. He's just a diet villain. He really yeah. is, actually, and he's a good-looking guy. He's an okay actor. I just he bores me because, you know. He's just there, and he's he's not. She, John's right. He's not mysterious. He, there's nothing special about him. He's like your everyday, like good-looking soap guy. You know, he's not really that exciting. Like he, I could have seen him better playing like a doctor or something along was, those lines, uh, more so yeah. than this. If he were, uh, a doctor, now, let's, yeah. let's not get crazy talking about having doctors on a show about a hospital now, guys. Come on now. <laughs> Okay, so talking a little bit about him, let's like let's jump into this. So we all know if you haven't watched in our hospital, I wouldn't listen to our show tonight because um, you know, we're gonna spoil everything. But Nathan died. Everyone knows that surely by now. And um today was his funeral and I swear to you, Kathy, I know that you haven't been watching this show, but this episode like literally helped put my face back in like the possibility that it can get better because it was amazing. I'm, like, super emotional about it. I'm trying not to be because I was, like, with the family watching it. But it was heartbreaking. And, like, A-plus for everybody involved. It was well done. Very gorgeous episode. And, you know, um, yeah, the character of Nathan is actually a very, very good character. And I I love her as a in the role and stuff like that. But, you know, just, you know, minus the fact that it had a very charismatic, and attractive and likable actor in the role. The, the, the character itself it was amazing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just he was a good guy that was likable. And, you know, for some reason, in soaps in general, that's such a rarity. And so I, I really like that they were, they're, the way they're playing this and they're making this impactful and meaningful. Now, I mean, it might have been nice if they had recast the role, but they're playing this very well. The, the episode today was amazing, and I feel like it's going to have 
a really good impact on the canvas, and it's really touched yeah. a lot of people. Maxi, kind of going through her grief and maybe lashing out at Lulu when she shouldn't be, well, and you know, maybe and everything coming, and then you're gonna have today's episode as a whole, like the entire ensemble, like of the cast. That's an Emmy-winning episode, hands down. It was great. And, like, I haven't felt that way about something I've done in quite a while. And I hate that Nathan died because I love him. And I literally, like, I cried when he died. I'm not going to lie. It made me sad. I love Nathan. And I love Ryan because how can you not love him? Like, you know, I follow him on social media. He's just the nicest, like, seems to be. I don't know him in real life. So but he's the nicest person. I just think he's great. And so it made me sad that he died because they could have recast. But I also think that, like, it's more meaningful this way, which is what – because he said that, or I think he said, I'm not 100%, that they, like, talked about it, and they all kind of mutually decided that it would be better for Nathan to die because it would be a better story that way and, like, a more impactful story. So, like, even though it's really sad, it is really good. Like, okay, when Jordan, at the very beginning of the, like, the funeral part wasn't that emotional for me because I've seen, like, a, a thousand TV funerals, but when Jordan did, like, the last call for him, that was so emotional. That, like, broke my heart. And then at the end, when major spoilers here, guys, so just if you didn't watch, turn me off right now. But um, at the end, after they, like, finished the grave, he um, was standing behind Maxie in his dress blues, and then he and Georgie, like, walked off together, and he mouthed, I love you to Maxie. This is mainly for Kathy's benefit because she didn't see it, I'm sure. But it, like, broke my soul. I was not – I didn't cry the whole episode. But when he turned around and was, like, standing there, I was like, nope. Even Cody, I, Cody cried over this. He texted me and was like, have you watched it yet? Because I am I am shedding real tears at this show right now. Like, it was, it was impressive. And it was really well done. And they hit every single thing they should have hit. Like, they included everything. And then at the very end, she, like, lashed out at Lulu, which was great. Because I don't like Lulu, so whenever somebody's dragging her, it kind of makes me happy. You know, um, I think they did a really big opportunity and as he used to drag Maxie back into obscurity again because Nathan, Nathan, that romance was really probably one of the best things that had happened to Maxie in years. And yeah, it was a great pairing. They had great chemistry. Um, you know, Kirsten and Ryan had great chemistry together. Um, and and, no, I know that it was completely his choice to leave or whatever or set a story goes. So, you can't ever hate on an actor for wanting to move on or do whatever until they start doing that. I'm going to spread my wings. That always makes me uh, laugh. Uh, but, you know, I wish them good luck. I hate, I really don't, I really hope that they don't try to throw Maxie off into a corner and not do anything with her because that girl's got too much talent for this show to be wasting it. And they really took a lot of time before before the whole you know before the whole Nathan romance. They really just threw Maxie into a lot of useless crap and baby rabies that wasted a lot of time with her on campus. And I really hope that they don't fall back into that pit with her. You know, I feel the same way. I've I've been kind of wondering. I mean, it, it's too soon to start doing it, but I've been kind of wondering. Okay, so what's her next romance going to be? And I mean, I, I do actually kind of feel pretty positive about it um, because they've really given her some good material throughout yeah. the storyline and stuff. And I, I don't see them jumping her into a romance right away. Um, but I do kind of wonder, you know, when it gets to be that time, what their plans are for her. And 
you know, hopefully they can have something really good in plan for her because, um, I mean, I hope they don't try and pair her with Peter because, although Peter seems no, to be but kind I of... Actually, I don't want her with him either. Yeah, that's what I can say. Mm-hmm. I think that's I probably the most say, like... Go ahead. I was going to say that I think that... Um, okay, so this is like my twisted brain, but I think... That it would be well. I don't think it would be interesting, but I think it would be well. I think it would be interesting, but more like soapy and like it's predictable. But so Lulu is kind of like the outcast right now. Like everybody's kind of pissed at Lulu. Like nobody knows, or she doesn't really know what to do because it's her husband's partner, her best friend's husband. Like she's like the outsider. I totally see a story of him like Dante getting too close to Maxie or whatever, and like Lulu is kind of like pushed out of, because like they've been so happy for so long like with, with the exception of Valerie that I feel like they're due for a shake up and I feel like that is a totally plausible story because she doesn't understand what he's going through like the next best person to understand it would be her and like vice versa so I think that that's a super plausible you know and a lot of people think that maybe oh, go going ahead. but I don't go that way um, I just, yeah, I just I don't see them going the Dante and Maxie route, but um, I could definitely see like you know in the grieving and stuff like that. I think that I kind of feel like Peter's going to be the one that's going to shake things up for Lulu and Dante, which I just like I said I I'm not so really a character. I don't think Maxie will be the one to to kind of shake them up, but um, you know Dante are really Lulu and Dante I think are a really cute couple and they have a passionate fan base. But I feel like when they do try to shake him up, they do it so poorly. Like with the whole thing with um, Valerie and stuff like that, that was so poorly done. And, it was you know, so kind of made, it made Dante into a bad guy because they did it so rushed and then explaining his actions very well. And it's like that's not why the audience loves Dante because Dante doesn't jump into the sack with his wife's cousin because he's, you know, meat-headed dude bro who gets jealous, rages, and has yeah. sex with people, you know? Uh, so it was just so out of character. I and you. I, yeah, it would it would make more sense for Lulu to be the one to stray. It was just gross. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that Lulu, I could totally see her with Peter, but I think that sort of like, if I could see it being all four of them, like in this situation, like I don't see Mackie obviously in a long-term relationship with her friend's, or her friend's husband, but like, she blames Lulu. Dante kind of, you know, he's going to have, like, that same thing going on where he kind of puts it on her. And him and Maxie were, like, the closest people to Nathan. So I can see them having, like, some kind of fling or whatever. You know, maybe, yeah. an, like, it's, like, one of those, like, one-time things or, like, an accidental thing. And then she, since she's, like, the one on the outside that doesn't know what to do, she turns to Peter at the same time that those two are, like, grieving together, and that's what happens. I think that it'll be, like, all parties involved and, like, shake up everybody's life. Yeah. I could see, like, maybe, like, what would be interesting is if instead of having, like, Dante and Max, we have, like, a full-blown affair as, like, having an emotional affair. Yeah. In a way, like, I was about the same thing. thing If they... Well, it it gives them... It's it's more interesting if they go that route because it actually gives them the moral high ground. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they don't actually physically cheat on, you know, Lulu, but yet they have that emotional affair going on, and it actually plays as a more compelling story, which gives me 
little hope that they'll actually go that way. But you know, um, it's it, it it would be a much more compelling story, I think, if they had that an emotional affair and then you know, uh, but they, they weren't necessarily right. They don't follow through on it, but they might as well have from where well, where they that are makes mental. The chemistry like insane too. Yeah, that would be even better because then people are gonna be like super into it, waiting. Saying like we want this happening, we want that because like when it's not happening or when it goes on forever and ever and ever, like Stephen Hale in 1986, seven, not eight and nine, you know, and it never happens uh. for the longest time. Thank you for that, Kathy, because that's all your fault when I'm invested in that. But um, where it goes on forever and ever and ever, and nothing actually happens for the longest time, or even if it never happens, like that's way more interesting than them just jumping into bed. Because then there's nothing What's to like, look forward to. There's nothing to like after that. Yeah, when Golden Beautiful a few years back did the whole thing with Fridge and Caroline where all it was to begin with was just a kiss. I mean, they were spending a lot of time together because he couldn't draw and she was helping him with the drawings and she was married to his brother. I think that's how they're related. But anyways, it's hard to tell on that show. But anyways, you know, and they just had a kiss, and that just that one kiss just blew everything up. And it's like, you know, um, instead of, it'd be interesting if instead of going all the way, they just did that, like, did something more like the I think it's so behind that. You have no idea. That could really get me if they do it right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, also, I wanted to mention, totally, like, off that subject, um, what do you think of the, like, whole, okay, do you really care about the whole funny dad story? Because I know I didn't, I didn't ask you that a few minutes ago, but do you guys, well, I know Kathy doesn't care, but Jen, are you actually interested in that, or do you think it's stupid, too? I'm not interested. Um, no, I think they got a good actor for the role and stuff, and maybe if we'd seen him a little bit more before, you know, yeah. all of this um, story popping up. Would be interested, but I, I can't say that I'm overly excited about it all. Now, I do think it's a better option for story for Sunny than what we have been getting with a lot of stuff. I mean, it's not a mob war, it's not somebody whining over Morgan's death for the like umpteenth time. He's not threatening to kill Eva again, and you know, he's not throwing babies, he's not screwing with random women. So this is a different story for him. And so I do have to kind of applaud that. And it's it's watchable for me. Um, and, I mean, it could be something that down the line that I really do like and stuff. But right now I'm not. I mean, it's not really drawing me to the game off. Yeah. It's like we just get well, into it. And we here's the, the girlfriend or whatever. Go ahead, Kathy. Here's the thing, and I'll say it because I've, I can be the rude person. Um the stories for Sonny are at their best when another actor does the heavy lifting. That said, nobody has cared anything about what's his name, Mike Corbett, Corbin, whatever it is. I yeah. mean, I know he's an old, he's a character that was on there many years ago. Nobody has cared about his ongoing gambling problem since about 2004. So, you know, it's, it, I see what they're trying to do. Yeah, they got a great actor. Good for him. He, you know, I'm glad to see him on on screen again. Who cares? I mean, seriously, it's you know that yeah, that care. it would have 
compelling story, you know, a decade ago on that show. Now it's just like a, a let's dust this off because we need more material from Bernice, Bernice, uh, you know, Maurice Bernard to play against because we've run out of story ideas because he's on too freaking much. I mean, really, that's oh, what it I is. I just want to say real quick, I have two things that I wanted to bring up. Number one, I swear to you, if Faison comes back to life after they did a freaking autopsy because they did an autopsy and Kevin has his brain in a jar to study it. If he comes back again, I will literally throw hands. I'm not here for him coming back again. He's dead. They cut him open. They showed us. They cut him open. We watched the doctor do it. Like, there's no coming back from that. Hey, and, what do you what do you guys think about that? Are we getting a Ryan story? What do you think? No, we're not. No, that's Kevin. It's Kevin. I heard it. I heard a hint of it, but um, I wasn't sure if it was they legit said or if it was wishful thinking. I'm not sure. I hope. No, it's Kevin. No. I'm sure it's Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that's not Ryan. It's Kevin. I think people were like, ooh, brain in the jar. This is weird. It must be Ryan. But no, it's Kevin. Kevin is a quirky character. We just don't really, haven't really gotten to see a lot of it lately. Well, Kevin had his own descent into mental illness back in the day once or twice, I think, too, if I recall correctly. So, you know, he is a little weird. I only thought that because we saw they mentioned Ryan or him having a twin a couple of times, and I was like, like I vaguely remember that back whenever when they decided to do the whole Silas is a vampire, whatever his name was at the time, John McBain is a vampire thing. They like name dropped for weeks, and then like it happened. So I was just, it was a thought, but it escaped narrowly, of course. Um, the other thing I want to mention really quick, because we only have about five more minutes, is. The Lucas, it kind of got overlooked because of the shooting and stuff, but Lucas and Brad said that they're adopting a baby. And then Michael Farron posted just a few days ago that Perry Shen has been, like, taping at GH. So how do you feel about that? I think it's great. That was fine. Um, you know, I actually, on my um, site, I, for the best and worst of 2007, I had a uh, storyline I off-screen storyline I most like to see is Brad and Lucas adopt because they actually did mention that maybe a year or two ago that they were thinking about adopting and then you know we haven't seen them like in a year or two almost but you know I think that that's a really interesting story for them and hopefully we get to see it on screen um, you know fingers crossed for some reason you know Ron really liked the, the pairing of Lucas and um, Brad, and they have a fan following, and fans like them a lot. Um, but ever since Ron left, they just kind of, no, I don't know. If it's, yeah, they just. Well, I think that people liked them so well because it was a, an example of them going one direction with what looked like was going to be a set pairing and then letting chemistry take over and lead the pairing to where it needed to go. You know, I mean, that was a that, you know, it looked like the Route 4 was going to involve Brad, and then it just didn't work that way. You know, it was the, you know, it went the other way around. So it, or I'm sorry, um, not Brad. Um, what's his Felix. Name? Felix. Yeah, I mean, Felix looked like it was supposed to be the Route 4 part of the couple, but then the chemistry was all with, with Lucas and Brad. So, you know, it, it they and they actually turned it, and they went that direction with it. And I think that's what made it so such a, a popular pairing yeah. was that they let the natural chemistry nourish into something really nice and people appreciated that. 
or at least I know I did. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, yeah. it's rare to see on social these days. Most people are trying to force couples, and it's just, it's nice when you see that work out like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, uh, like, Perry is such a fun guy on social media and stuff, and just, like, acting-wise, he's so fun to watch. And, you know, you have uh, uh, Ryan Kearns is, I've seen Ryan Kearns in person, and he's absolutely gorgeous. You know, so and he's he's Girl, charismatic. He's gorgeous on TV. Yeah. What? I said, like, "Girl, he's gorgeous on TV." Like, it's not just in person. <laughs> but like mm-hmm. in person, like imagine how gorgeous he is on TV, and like multiply that hundred times, he's like perfect, most perfect looking thing I've Ooh. seen. But yeah, it's just yeah, you know, um, yeah. So it's just kind of like a shame that you know. Um, Gene and Shelley didn't write for them for whatever reason. And hopefully, you know, Krista and Eden will kind of be a bit of a... I think Krista and Eden would probably... He, they seem like characters he would like to write. And so hopefully he can kind of, you know, push that forward and stuff because I think fans would really enjoy seeing that story on screen. Yeah, and I think, because I remember what you are talking about, how they mentioned it before, about how they were thinking about it, but... He told Bobby Carter, like, he sat them down and said, we are adopting a baby. Like, we're in the process of doing this now. So, hopefully we see it, because I don't understand. Like, I mean, there's no reason for them to be taping together if we're not seeing that, I don't think, that I know of. Yeah. I mean, there could be, but, so I'm hoping, because that would be a nice, you know, that would be a drama-free baby thing. Like, everybody you knows know, they having drama. It could be interesting, too, because there's two pregnant women on the show right now, and they're adopting. So I could see some baby switching, adopting going around, too, if they wanted to pull They're going to hear you. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I put it out there. Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, I could, yeah, I could gonna, kind of... The writers will hear you and get an idea. Way to go, Jen. <laughs> Scream. Let's go for it. <laughs> I can see no, that though like Nelson no, like, he would do something like crazy like that okay and really quick I just want to say okay so we're almost like we have three minutes but um, I wanted to say really quick so two things I troll Michael Farmer's website before I we do the show just for things and um, Bill and Susan Hayes are getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Emmys which I thought was really cool and I just wanted to share and also mm-hmm. For anybody who watched all my children or Army Lives, this film me. Kim Delaney is going to be on Chicago Fire now, and I like got so excited when I read that because Claudia Joy on Army Lives was like my favorite, and she's going to be some like church-going mother on Chicago Fire, and everybody loves her. Like apparently, from all my children, that was way before my time. But I just wanted to share. What? I was just saying, I didn't know she was on All My Children, but I love her as an actress. Yeah, I love her, too. So I'm so, And I think it's funny, so, like, people, if you don't know, like, Kim Delaney's, like, sorted, like, celebrity drama, you can go read about it on the internet. I don't have that kind of time. But I just thought it was super <laughs> funny that her character is, like, really outstanding, like, church-going, like, scripture-quoting on Chicago Fire, because that just doesn't seem like a character that fits. I don't know her personally, but I'm just saying from the things we all know from the internet, back in the day... <laughs> That just is really funny to me that her character's like the moral high ground. So, 
that was that. Is there anything you guys wanted to mention that we didn't mention? Um, not really, but I can't wait to talk about when the <laughs> Emmy noms come out after the pre noms. So that'll yeah, probably be so coming excited. up soon. I was yeah, those pre noms were interesting. So I'm gonna I'm kind of curious to see how it how some things land there. Because <laughs> there were some I'm not gonna name yeah. names, but there's some names on that list where it's like really what did they do? <laughs> We named names last like week. We have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will name names. I literally, okay, so, Jen, I don't know if you caught the show last time when we talked about Jeannie, but I was, like, no holds barred, and I was, like, calling people out left and right, and now I'm like, well, oh, well, I hope they don't hear that show, but I was calling people out by name, writers, actors, whatever, and then the Emmys came, or the pre came out the same day. I was calling those people out. I just didn't care. I was, like, really pissed, so whatever. Good times, I guess. <laughs> anyway, we have only one more minute, so thank you so much, Jen, for coming to hang out with us today, and we hope you'll come hang out and talk about the Emmys with us and anything else, for that matter. Um, thank you guys for the fact that I'm, like, super ill. I don't know if I have flu or what, but anyway, that is all for tonight. If you guys follow us on Twitter, you can tweet at all of us. I'll post Jen's info on our Twitter. So, yeah, thanks, guys. I guess we'll just end it here because we only have like 20 seconds. Bye. All right. Good night. Feel better. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.